Welcome to Connect the Dots podcast, presented by Nine Dots and hosted by Jeffrey Klein. We share stories and explore their power to impact others. Our aim is to share some edutainment, to give some useful nuggets that can be applied to your business while also entertaining you. Thank you for listening. Here is your host, Jeffrey. This is an awesome episode because I've got an awesome guest in Chris Hecht, the president of the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on as a huge diehard Sixers fan. And we have a a really compelling conversation about story and brand, the importance of grabbing people's attention, the need to be relatable and authentic when you're communicating your message. So things that really um, resonate with me, but also just in the context of how it's been with the Philadelphia 76ers organization. Um, It's great. So enjoy, and thanks for listening. My guest today is Chris Heck, president of the Philadelphia 76ers. He oversees all the day-to-day business operations for the team, and under his supervision, Heck led the Sixers to the number one ranking in new season ticket memberships and doubled the new season ticket member fan base, while maintaining a top five ranking in the National Basketball Association season ticket member customer service surveys. Heck played a critical role in the groundbreaking initiatives that solidified the 76ers place as an innovative force in the industry today. Through Heck's leadership, the 76ers secured the first jersey patch sponsorship in Big Four sports history and developed an industry-changing ticketing platform with partner StubHub. Under Hex Watch, the 76ers have been named one of the most innovative companies in the world by Fast Company. Prior to the Sixers, Heck had senior roles for the New York Red Bulls and the National Basketball Association. Heck holds a bachelor degree from Villanova University and has served as an adjunct professor at Columbia University. He and his wife, Mary Beth, have three children and reside in Wilmington, Delaware. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. It's, uh, it's so nice to be on your show and. Uh... I'm excited. I'm excited to tell a little, uh, sto- go through a little storytelling. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm very excited being, you know, I, I think I'm probably in that number, you know, your number one ranking is in part, I became a season ticket holder in the last two years. This is my second season, which I'm very excited about. Um, and just, it's hard not to, as a Philadelphian, feel the energy and incredible pride of having the Sixers performing the way they are and the changes and the growth. It's, it's really an exciting time to be a Philadelphia Sixers fan. It's funny. We, um, we joke around here saying this is a uh, six-year overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, the core group here uh, came in about six years ago, five and a half years ago, um, and that included Brett Brown as well, um, Scott O'Neill, our CEO, myself. Um, it was uh, it was a bit of a daunting project, and um, it's been such a fun journey. Uh, and you know, you, you get, it's fun because you, we've seen the the progression and we've seen the plan uh, actually come to fruition. Uh, we're not there yet, uh, but boy. Um, is it more fun? It is so much more fun now than it was the first couple of years. Well, I, I lived in England for a number of years, and I moved to Philadelphia five and a half years ago. So I've kind of been on that journey as you have been back in Philadelphia. Yeah, we, we, 
we have it's it is it's like a, it's a 180 on i don't think people realized um how this storied brand uh, had just sunk uh almost to nothing and uh to, to get the opportunity to be a part of this crew uh in resurrecting the brand is um has been something maybe the, the most proud thing i've been a part of in my entire career of 26 years that's amazing well let's go back so we're going to go back to even beyond your career uh, and i like to start at the beginning to ask where you were born and what did your parents do for a living yeah so uh i am the youngest uh child uh of uh of seven children um wow. six boys one girl i was born in washington dc um split time in uh, the Maryland DC area uh, my childhood uh, going from uh, North Jersey and then back to uh, the DC area uh, before college um, my mother was uh, was stay-at-home mom and um, had her hands full hmm. uh, seven kids, kids will do that yeah yes yeah, so, I only have uh, three and I've got my hands full it was um, those stories are maybe the most fun to talk about because um, the lack of uh, technology and uh, kind of um, what is in our children's uh, eyes now is a primitive type of <laughs> existence, which um, of course we never thought of it that way during um, our uh, uh, childhood in the, the 70s and the 80s. Um, but um, it's, uh, it was a great time. Uh, I, I loved growing up in a big family. My father uh, worked for the telephone company um, um, almost 32 years, wow. and um, we, uh, you know, we're very, very fortunate. Our parents um, put us uh, the kids first um, in our education; uh, that was a priority, and um, and uh, sports was right there uh, next to it. Uh, I, I had similar, you know, I have as many, I only have two brothers, so I don't have the biggest family, but, you know, my parents definitely were family first, and uh, education and sports were things throughout my life uh, that have been important. So was there a particular person, whether it was your parents or an uncle or someone, uh, who was kind of a great storyteller when you were growing up, and, and what made them great? Yeah. Um, you know what? I wouldn't say so, uh, to be honest with you. When you have nine people living in the same house, you don't have a lot of people that uh, get to dominate the uh, the microphone, so to speak. So uh, everyone is unique and everyone uh, kind of uh, had their own voice, um, but your voice is limited, right? So mm -hmm. I would say that a more of an influence for me in storytelling was our very deep affinity towards uh, sports teams in particular, my childhood in particular with baseball um you know i was 10 years old and in 1979 my hometown team the baltimore orioles were in the world series uh, but i was also 10 years old so i was wasn't able to stay up to watch the games <laughs> throughout the year and uh i uh i did have a little clock radio though and i listened to the radio announcer was a guy named Chuck Thompson for years and game after game after game, night after night. And this guy had an incredible voice, but he was a great, great storyteller. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I have a love for that team all the way uh, as a fan uh, today. What do you think made him such a good storyteller? 
I think he was a gentleman. I think he would listen to other people and let them speak as well. But I also think that he related to people. Um, and he had this very calming uh, voice and presence. So you get that with confidence um, and comfort there. Uh, but this, the calmness, I think, allows people to have stories um, come back to them directly, right? And that, in my eyes, that's the best storytelling when you can actually take something from it or relate in some way to that story. And in terms, in terms of being able to tell a great story, so is relatability to you the most important element or is there something else you think that's equally important? I think, uh, I think relatability is, is absolutely at the top of the list. Um, but I also think, you know, I think you got to grab the attention from the beginning because if you lose them from the beginning, you lose them. And um, can you go out of the gates um, grabbing someone's attention in a way where I want more, particularly the, in, in the day that we live in now mm. right, with the limited uh, mind share towards anything? Um, any singular thing. I'm guilty of it as well. I look at my phone too much. I pay attention to emails and text too much. Mm -hmm. The social media thing is making us all lose our minds. Um, but it's also, it's like, it's information, right? So um, think about the storytelling that goes on in Twitter. It's crazy, you know? yep. Seven words. So if you, and, and I'm flying through 90% of it because it, those first couple words didn't resonate with me. So, you know, I do believe that uh, coming out of the gates and being relatable is, is paramount. Yeah, I mean, uh, in my talk that I gave last week about story, one of the things I was talking about was, you know, diminishing attention spans. So not only, you know, capturing people's attention is harder and harder because A, there's more volume, and B, there's more information. There's less attention for people that have. So we have a shorter attention span, but yet there's more information to try and you know, process at the same time. Right, and there's different formats of telling that story, whether, like we mentioned on Twitter, or going to a speaking engagement. You know, so you have uh, fair and unfair advantages no matter where you are, or even sending out an email or a letter. So, in, in, and I like to make things a little bit more concise, have a bigger punch, and then get off stage. And that, <laughs> that applies for Twitter and it applies for my, my emails that I'm sending to constituents and, and to um, our fan base where they don't want to hear me go on and on blabbing. Mm -hmm. They want to... They, I know they want to hear one or two and maybe three things. And then and, out. And get out. Yeah. And, and that, that's what you can never, I think, I think some of us get to a point where we think really highly of ourselves. <laughs> and, you know, it's a great reminder that we're just um, not that important, right? So, well, so maybe we can give them what they want and get out. And I think that's the appropriate way to tell a story. And in terms, I mean, you're, you're talking about emails and Twitter, and uh, so, you know, storytelling is in the family context, you know, growing up and hearing stories, you know, in the personal sense. How important do you think telling stories is in for business? Oh, I think it's what we do. I, I, I consider myself a salesman uh, as well as a 
I guess you could say, a sports marketer and brand, um, a brand, I don't know, I, I guess I would call myself a brand expert, um, but I, I have a, a passion for brands and a passion for uh, sports um, on the business side. And um, I think that, uh, I, I think that storytelling is sales and I think our our world on the business side in sports um, it always starts every everyone everyone in the organization is selling we're selling our fans we're selling our players we're selling um, we're selling people that aren't our fans we're always trying to get out there and, and push our message and make our brand um, elevate our brand uh, to the best potential that it has and in terms of that, you know, telling that story to try and sell, you know, for the brand purpose, do you think that being a good storytelling is a skill that you can develop or is it something that you have it or you don't have it? Oh, it can be developed like anything, you know. Um, I, uh, I tore something in my elbow a few years ago playing, um, playing tennis. And I'm like, and I decided I was going to teach myself to play left-handed. <laughs> I, I mean, we can all wow. teach ourselves, right? So I think anyone can do it. And you know, it. Um, I remember public speaking class in uh, in college, and I was horrible. And the only reason I got an acceptable grade is because I showed up to the class that was 8:30 in the morning. <laughs> but the reality of it is, is I, I learned from it, and I and it was part of the progression to be able to uh, get to a point where I am now where I actually get thrilled to speak publicly. I think it's really fun and it can be a really uh, super opportunity to spread your message uh, to a larger audience in a single moment. Um, and, um, and so uh, I think that we all can improve in certain areas. Um, and if it's, a, if it's a priority for us, then we put the time in and effort in. Yeah, I, th I think that's one thing is that you can develop it, but you need to, it, it doesn't, you need to work. You need to put in that time yeah, yeah. Uh, with anything, you know. Yeah. Uh, so other than the Sixers, can you think of a brand that you think tells really effective stories and what do you think that makes them effective? Um, that's funny. I, I, I've, I've had my hands in a few brands, um, you know, there's a few of my own personal story from from Villanova, my alma mater, um, working there in the athletic department and and cleaning up their brand, doing the same with USA Basketball um, and the um, uh, the Olympic team um, onto the 76ers. They've all had big opportunities that I was able to be. Um, you know, have a, a major role in to, uh, to shift and, and, and to have a story behind what the product meant and help build that story. Because that's what ultimately the brand is. Like the brand is, to me, um, it, is a, it is something that represents uh, a bigger story. And it's something that also, um, that bigger story in, in the, way to amplify it or live the brand every day um, I think if you're not authentic towards it then uh, then you're doomed and um, you know for us here in Philadelphia 
I think the city of Philadelphia has done a good job of uh, evolving their brand themselves. Um, so outside of anything I've been involved with. Um, and, uh, and that's something I think it's all of our obligation that, uh, that spend time working and living here. Um, we, we have an opportunity to actually enhance and rebuild the brand of Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I talk to people from Visit Philadelphia, and and whether it's the chamber and you know the bid for Amazon, you know, I think the thing is that we're all here with a common goal, which is to you know, where I think in the past, you know, there may have been an element of people kind of being down in Philly, in Philly, but now I think that that has shifted where people are proud of all the achievements that we have, and I think you know the Sixers are kind of a representation of that, you know, the progress that we're making, and whether I see it, you know, the innovation in, with, in tech companies or in, in hospitality, Philadelphia is on the, on the rise um, in a really yeah. powerful way, and having been away from Philadelphia for a while, it's even more, you know, and even over the last five years, it's palpable, the, the, the feel of Philly from, you know, the Super Bowl and all the things that are happening, um, those kind of are easy ones to show. Like, you know, of course, we're happy when the, when we when you know when this, when our sports teams do well. But it kind of trickles down, I think, into a lot of other pieces. And I think there are a lot of other people working hard at it. Oh, there, there's no question. I mean, we have world class chefs here in um, in restaurants. We have culture, um, whether it's from the Barn Foundation, Barnes Foundation, onto the Philadelphia Museum of Art and the Rodin Museum. It's an amazing uh, collection of art and and culture that's been built up in the city over the last dozen years, and uh, maybe 15 years. And not to mention the uh, the neighborhoods and the real estate and the the the, the constant. Um, you know, I would just spend nine days in China with the 76ers, and there's cranes everywhere. Right. The only other place that I've seen that there's cranes everywhere is Philadelphia. And it's a, it's a great testament uh, that people have um, a lot of belief and faith that this is uh, worth their time and money. And, uh, and I believe so. I think this is an awesome city that is completely underrated uh, globally. And it, and but we have an opportunity to really uh, share uh, our our city with the rest of the world. Well, I'll tell you a quick story, which is you know when I was in um, Manchester, I lived in Manchester, England, and you know football yeah. slash soccer is super important there, and everyone would say to me literally all the time when I meet them, who do you support? Meaning what football club do I support? So for 10 years, I gave one of two answers. I either said the Eagles or the Sixers, which often got curious looks from people. Uh, The Eagles, they thought you were talking about Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, I I said the Philadelphia Eagles, and then they'd really, you know, kind of tilt their head in confusion. So Chris... Uh, I want to give you an opportunity, uh, as I ask people, to share a story where you or someone you know kind of connected the dots. Uh, okay, great. Um, you know, with connecting the dots, uh, it's funny. As we get older in this industry and uh, things do come around full circle and one thing supports another, and um, I'll give you a little self-serving story of myself and and some but it's really about somebody um in the time and place of where we are with the 76ers um uh, you know, when we started here about five and a half years ago we thought it was really important as our team was in a complete rebuild was to 
recognize and um, celebrate this great long history that the franchise had uh, with these unbelievably iconic basketball players that were the best in the world over the last 50 to 75 years. And just so happens about 10 of them played for the 76ers. So um, moving along, we had uh, Moses Malone was this, this figure, this this man that brought our last championship uh, to Philadelphia. And uh, he was estranged from the organization. So we spent a lot of time and an uh, effort to get him back in the fold. And we did so. And it was really, um, it was great. And then in a blink of an eye, he passed away unexpectedly. So here was this, this gentleman that um, had been uh, forgotten by the franchise um, shamefully and now brought back in during this rebuild um, and they had never retired his number or anything along those lines and, and so we had this opportunity to bring him back into the fold uh, but then he was gone too soon mm. um, fast forward five years uh, we finally thought it was appropriate with the respect to his family and um in his legacy that we would retire his number. And uh, so he did agree to it right before his passing that he would retire his number, but the whole idea was he wouldn't do it unless we included every single player uh, that he played with at the 76ers, their names on the banner, somehow, some way. <laughs> so we agreed to it, and tomorrow we are going to raise that banner um, with all of his ex-teammates' names, um, the majority of them actually in attendance, his family here, and we're erecting a statue in front of our um, facility to honor him um, properly. And it's really interesting because that's all part of this rebuild our process of the 76ers. You know, we had this legendary franchise and it was forgotten for maybe 20 years. And we had this obligation and this opportunity to bring it back to life through emphasis on the brand and emphasis on what was right and how could we do that. And we did it through these legends. And so the fact that we're raising this banner tomorrow, we're erecting this statue tomorrow, and yesterday we just had our fourth transformational player uh, traded to the franchise uh, similar to Moses Malone in, in 1982 and uh, we're repeating history uh, but this time maybe we'll uh, not forget the past um, and and really do it the right way well I, it, it is a really good time for the 76ers brand uh, that story resonates with me a lot because I was Eight, when the Sixers won in '83 with Moses Malone and Dr. J, yeah. so he, you know, has been a legend for me my whole life. And I, and I have, well, I have twin daughters. I are 13. I have a nine-year-old son who yeah. comes with me to games and is kind of experiencing a very similar dynamic from what I did. Um, so it's right, amazing right. that you're embracing that. Um, and and personally, it's 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 pretty awesome uh, because I think. There's definitely a similar mentality of putting those pieces thoughtfully together to create that magic. Yeah, it is. Um, 
it's really almost like a crusade that we have with like-minded people here at the 76ers and um it's so fun to this brand is such a cool brand and it and it, it's so fun to bring it back to life um and we do that in every single component um whether it is how we amplify with our corporate partners and sponsors how we interact and and share this franchise with our fans and our season ticket members how we actually make a difference in the communities with a focus on at-risk children in the middle school ages like we do um a lot over here that matters and um and everything that we focus on we want it to be impeccable uh because we are truly stewards of this great franchise and it and it is more than uh sports you know everyone says like oh you work in sports that's cute you get to go to games <laughs> that was fun well actually it's a two billion dollar business that makes a difference in lives of people almost every day of the year and that's pretty awesome so um i do get a little defensive about when people just think i work in this this fun industry and it is fun but it's also can be impactful and we never want to lose a component to either side yeah i mean i know i know from the innovation lab you have you know at the training facility and all these businesses that you're helping you know grow and and and, and work to improve and then obviously the community stuff you know, it's not, you know, it's not always front page center, but it's so important whether your players visiting, you know, different organizations and different charities. Um, it's a big part of, I think, of the Sixers story that is really important. So, yeah, yeah, I would just add that, you know, we have a gala every year. You know, we raise all just internally here with our staff um, over a million dollars a year. Wow. And it's not like we have a uh, all this uh, an abundance of time <laughs> on these extra projects, but it is a priority for us, and, and we add it on to our schedule. Much like every employee in the organization uh, commits 76 hours to volunteer throughout a year, and that's a, that's a pretty large number, and it's real. So um, we love it. We think it's part of our DNA. And we think it's it's an extension of our brand, and we think that it's our obligation. It's kudos because I do think it's it's remarkable, and and I didn't know about the seventy six hours, and that's that's a lot of time, but it shows the commitment that that the organization has. So, um, you've been amazing at kind of sharing a lot about the Sixers organization, uh, both in terms of the way it celebrates its its past and and looks to its future. Is there anything in particular, I want to give you a moment, if there's anything in particular that you want to promote, whether it's the gala or one of the charities or anything, the foundation you guys are doing that you want to, obviously people will know how to find the Sixers at Sixers.com, but is there anything that may you want to just share in terms of for the audience about something that you're, you know, feel passionate about or want to share? Sure, sure. Uh, well, I, I have, I will say this, I, I have a lot of fun um, on the Twitter side with um, uh, at uh, Chris Heck. H-E-C-K, one word, at ChrisHex76. And and I play this whole thing on the brand. And uh, and it's somewhat playful, but it's also a, um, 
an inside look uh, for our fans um, that are interested um, of what it means to to build a brand um, as well as um, maintain a brand uh, at a very high profile uh, level. And it's also a way for me to have a little fun too. Uh, so it's a good balance of seeing what uh, we believe is important to the brand and maybe some things that aren't so important to the brand. Uh, so I would encourage people to do, uh, check that out. Um, we'll, we'll definitely include it in our show notes as well. Um, good, good. And uh, I'll make and, sure uh, I yeah, check I'll it as well. Keep it really simple. And because this is my, my story is a photo and basically about four words. So I keep it very simple. And, uh, you know, I think that um, you'll see and notice uh, some things that, uh, that may raise your eyebrows in, in, in a very fun way. I look forward to it. Chris, you've been a great guest. I really appreciate your time and sharing all about the Sixers brand, which I love. And thank you so much for also helping us connect the dots. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it of value. I would super appreciate if you would subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It would be amazing if you could leave a review, comment, and share. Share and show you care. Check out Nine Dots Podcast for more great episodes. Remember, story matters. Thanks again for helping me connect the dots.